Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Dobry večer and welcome to the Bohemian Podcast with Piet Coleman and Travis Doe. It is a typical day of hurried travelers trying to make their train connections at Prague's Klavni Nadrajny Central Train Station. College students loaded down with backpacks, businessmen with briefcases in hand, foreign tourists excited to see the magical city of Prague for the very first time, all on their way to more important agendas. Yet standing as a solemn witness to this hustle and bustle of modern Prague life is a modest statue of three people in a suitcase. Many might just give it a passing glance as if it were to be an artist's representation of a father seeing off his two children on a holiday trip. However, with a closer inspection of this trio on platform one, you can see the worry in the little girl's face and the snuggled form of a little boy in the arms of an unassuming man. This 2009 sculpture is not a representation of stresses of travel, but more of a testament to heroic kindness in a time of great evil. This statue is of Nicholas Winton, a British citizen that came to Prague in 1938 on a modest mission to help Jewish refugee children trying to escape the impending shadow of the Third Reich's reach. The statue also pays homage to the children that barely escaped certain death in the concentration camps, the same camps where their Czech parents met their untimely end at the hands of the Nazis. Tonight on the Bohemian Podcast, we focus on one man's efforts to make a positive difference in a world gone mad. We will comb through an aged scrapbook of thank you letters to Mr. Winton and children's ID cards that allowed for safe passage out of Czechoslovakia. We will hear those last words from Czech parents to their children as they boarded the train bound for England and reflect on the last trainload of children that never made it out of Prague as war was declared. This is the story of Sir Nicholas Winton and the kinder transport to freedom. Good evening from the capital city of Prague. I'm your host, Pete Coleman. And I'm Travis Dow. Travis, I have been wanting to do the show ever since we started this podcast endeavor some two years ago. I'm glad we can finally tell this wonderful story to our listeners. On the heels of Sir Winton being recently awarded the Czech Republic's highest honor to a foreigner, the Order of the White Lion. Yeah, the ceremony was a well-planned out event usually reserved for the heads of state. The day started out with flying Sir Nicholas Winton from Great Britain to Prague via a designated military aircraft. The 105-year-old Winton was afforded this honor by the Czech government on October 28, 2014 at Prague Castle. So last week, basically. As he was wheeled into the room, Sir Winton was greeted by the last few remaining children he saved in 1938. Now, most in their 80s, these survivors sat just a few feet away from Nicholas Winton as he received the White Lion Medal from Czech President Miloš Zeman. This was an intimate ceremony, Travis, at Prague Castle that really allowed Sir Winton to be face-to-face with the ones that he helped save, probably felt like a lifetime ago. To better paint a picture for our listeners, these men and women were flanked by attending family members holding their childhood photos next to each individual. An emotionally moved but composed Mr. Winton proceeded to address those in attendance. I want to thank you all for this enormous expression 
of thank you. I am delighted that so many of the children are still about and are here to thank me. And I thank the people who put on this arrangement today. I thank the British people for making room for them, to accept them, and of course, the enormous help given by so many of the Czechs who were at that time doing what they could to fight the Germans and to try and get the children out. In that respect, I was of some help, and this is the result. Thank you all. So why do the Czechs honor Sir Winton? Well, it's very simple, actually. He and others like him saved the lives of 669 children from Czechoslovakia. Those 669 survived the forced labor camps, the disease-ridden life behind wired fences, and avoided the gas chambers. Many grew up in post-World War II Great Britain, away from the war-ravaged continent. Those same children grew up and had children of their own, and in turn who had children of their own. Today there are over 6,000 people that owe their existence to those efforts made in 1938 and 39. That is why this is a big deal. Sir Winton and his dedicated team provided life that well could have been extinguished so many years ago. How could something that seems so daunting a task get underway on the eve of World War II, Travis? This all started from the chaos that occurred on November 15th, 1938. Five days after the devastation of Kristallnacht, basically the night of the broken glass, in Germany and Austria, a delegation of British, Jewish, and Quaker leaders appealed in person to the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom, at that time Neville Chamberlain, and among other measures, they requested that the British government permit the temporary admission of unaccompanied Jewish children without their parents. Right? Now, organizations were created to raise funds and find foster families in Great Britain, Canada, and also Australia. Now, the Nazi government actually did not hinder the early days of this child exodus. They were happy to see them go, basically. Well, yeah, that, that, that's what's really interesting here, Travis, because they, they only stipulated that the nautical ports be not burdened by the numbers of children leaving. Yeah. Now, there were some trains that actually left, uh, these kinder transports left from uh, major German cities as well, like such as Berlin. Mm -hmm. Uh, and you're right, Travis, a lot of it just, you know, Hitler was fine with that because it kind of helped them, you know, yeah. alleviate what they didn't want anyway, right? Exactly. Yeah, because so this is before the final solution, basically the extermination of the Jewish people. Um, and the Nazi regime looked at this as a way to easily get rid of the next generation of the basically, you know, non-Aryan and Jewish population. So adults would have to stay behind for the time being in 1938. The unwanted children Nazi-controlled areas were allowed to leave. Right. So th this is why not more more people did it because the parents had to be aware that things were going to get so bad that their children would be better off out of Germany. Right. And not and, everyone realized that. Right, and that's got to be an unbelievably tough decision they had to make. Yeah. Right. Um, to to not see the winds of war coming and what that would bring. I you know it's hard to say that the horrors that we know now of what happened in World War II. I just don't know if you would have seen that in, in the early days. Maybe you would have. Uh, maybe you would have heard some people in, talking about yeah, it. Yeah, in 38, it was already really bad. Yeah. There was a lot of, I mean, all the Nuremberg laws and everything were already, already in place. 
Um, but no, people did not realize, you know, people kept hoping that this nightmare must end. Sure. And well, because these ports were off limits in Germany, the train system was the only method of choice, and the kinder transport uh, were used to get these children out in the nine months prior to the outbreak of World War II. The United Kingdom took in nearly 10,000 predominantly Jewish children from Germany, Austria, Czechoslovakia, Poland, and the free city of Danzig. The children were placed in British foster homes, hostels, schools, and farms. Often they were the only members of their families to survive this Holocaust. There were other various kinder transport organizations from several nations, but it was not nearly enough. A friend of the 29-year-old stockbroker, Nicholas Winton, called him from Prague one day to convince Nicholas to forego a planned ski holiday trip in Switzerland to see these refugee camps on the outskirts of Prague. Nicholas followed suit and made a stop in Prague. What he saw at the Jewish refugee camp moved him into action. Everyone involved knew time was of the essence. Therefore, he established an organization to aid Jewish children from Czechoslovakia, separated from their families by the Nazis, setting up an office at a dining room table in his hotel in Winchester Square. A team of sponsors from groups such as the Maidenhead Rotary Club and Rugby Refugee Committees helped in this process. So Winton signed the right papers and talked to the right people to allow an influx of foreign children into the nation. He started to line up foster families and raise money for visas and future repatriation fees for the refugees. But this was not all. In order to make these transports a reality for the children, Winton had to be creative in making his organization legitimate by falsifying his company name and letterhead to allow for permissions to conduct this operation. It's kind of a tongue-in-cheek thing if you're talking about this at, at the time. If you ever hear any uh, documentaries or reports on, on Sir Nicholas Winton, uh, it, it's something where he's a little bit chagrined of, of, of trying to work around the bureaucracy. The same bureaucracy that stymied a lot of the, the help that the Americans uh, were hoping to give to uh, Jewish refugees that never really materialized due to the bureaucracy and some say some anti-Semitic feelings in the States. So this was something that Nicholas Winton had to overcome and he did it in a roundabout way to try to legitimize a really uh, fictitious organization that he made himself. So Winton organized train transports for the children from Czechoslovakia to Britain in 1939. He secured departure permits for them from Germans entry permits from the British authorities, and admission to British families. Work was always busy as more British families were needed and Winton's mother worked with him to place the children in homes and then later hostels. Throughout the summer, Winton placed advertisements seeking families to accept them, all the while still working his day job and at night processing paperwork for the kinder transports. Okay, so I want you to imagine this. He's got his mom in the room during the day trying to line up British families that will allow to have one or two, maybe three children in their house for really God knows how long uh, during this war effort. Uh, as foster families, not only to help them with the money to help with that, but uh, during war-ravaged Europe at this time, it, you know, things were tight. And families really had to uh, believe in what they were doing to help out these Czech children, uh, you know, these children of different faiths even, uh, to be able to be brought into their homes and, and uh, treated as some of their families, while really we don't know what happened to their, to their parents back in Czechoslovakia. So, a very difficult time. Now, keep in mind, he still needs to pay. His, he still needs to pay his own bills. He's still mm -hmm. doing his own work during the day, coming home probably beat down from a whole hard day, hard day at work, um, and then doing this work as a hobby on the side to get it done. All right. So uh, this is all before uh, Great Britain was brought into the war. So uh, life still had to kind of go on in a non-military sense, 
and uh, he made this happen. In all, eight trains with children were able to reach Great Britain. A ninth train was scheduled for September 3, 1939, which left Prague, but was sent back because the Nazis had invaded Poland. And of course, they were not allowed to leave because World War II had just started. It's heartbreaking to know uh, about that last train that did not make it out of Czechoslovakia. Uh, the children were returned to their families at the point of origin and then faced the horrors of World War II on their own with their mm -hmm. families. As the war began for Great Britain, Winton joined the Royal Air Force as an airman and served through 1954. Life went on for Nicholas, and he started a family of his own, and his exploits before the war faded quietly into the history books. It wasn't until a British TV program invited Winton to the studio for a surprise reunion with many of the grown adults he had helped save when they were young children in danger. Winton's wife planned the event after finding the aforementioned scrapbook Nicholas once kept as a reminder of his time. Have you seen that? It's on YouTube. Have yes, you, it, it's, you yeah. can actually go to YouTube and see that 1988 Man, program. It does bring tears so, to your eyes. Yeah, because he's sitting, he's like, he's sitting in the audience, if I remember correctly. It's, it's been a year or two since I saw it, but he's sitting in the audience. And then at some point, the moderator says, okay, everybody that was a Winton child, raise your hand. And the whole audience basically raises their hand. Right. I think that it's the families are also there and stuff. And, yeah. and he just kind of, it like slowly dawns on him. Like he looks to his left and realizes the person next to him was a, you know, one of them. He looks to his right and realizes, oh, that guy has his hand raised too. And then he like turns around and it's, it's just like wow I mean, at, at the time he was an older man i mean this guy is a hundred yeah i mean he's 105 just, years old history right had now. forgotten him so yeah. he never even thought that you know this was these all the children are grown up they're in their 30s 40s whatever you know and he never he just like okay well this happened but you know that's the, you know the deed's done and so he never expected that you know he would sit in a room with all these grown-up children you right. know it's it's it, it, it's, it's, I would say find it on YouTube. It's really yeah, something. It's very, very moving to see. And it's a moving story. And that's why we're doing this tonight. Because I think um, the connection to the, to the Czech lands and what Winton did for these children uh, is something that continues to, to grow. When you talk about the, the, the progeny, you talk about the succeeding generations uh, that are here because of his efforts uh, in 1938 and 1939. This scrapbook was documented proof of Sir Winton's exploits and planning. For some, it proved to be the only surviving record of their lives before the war. You know, Travis, if you can imagine having lost basically your personal history, only later to find in life that that a 105-year-old man was the architect of your survival and had that forethought to collect photos and handwritten letters from your parents that you never knew. Mm -hmm. a, a really moving experience. Think about that for a minute. A lot of these kids grew up in British households some of the, maybe their foster families decided, you know what, we don't want to bring it up. We want to bring up their, their origin or, or the horrors of war that their parents and their, their aunts and uncles, their cousins, they're all gone. They were all exterminated to, because of the Nazi regime. And, you know, their personal stories were just left, you know, yeah. un, untold. And so as an adult, you're finding this out, maybe watching this television program in Great Britain or reading it in the, in the, daily, uh, the daily Mail and saying, oh, you know what, I might be one of these kids. You know, as, as a grown adult. Yeah. And then later finding out that maybe your dad or your mother wrote a letter that is kept in this scrapbook as your only connection to a family that you'll never meet again. That's right. Yeah. Heavy stuff. Yeah. When you read these letters from the parents to Nicholas or written directly to the children they would never see again, you cannot help but get choked up. The letters are written sometimes in broken English or pinned in the native German or Czech languages. You can still hear the anxiousness in these letters as well as the hope and thankfulness to those who evacuated their children to safety. 
These priceless photos and letters mostly serve as the only connection the kinder transport children have to their, to their familial lives that were once extinguished. A mother writes in check praising Nicholas's efforts to offer her daughter a chance at life. Another letter in German tells of a grateful father writing to Nicholas about his young son. Sehr geehrter Herr Winden, gestatten Sie, dass ich Ihnen heute für Ihre Liebenswürdigkeit danke, mit der Sie sich der Sache meines Sohnes Ilya so rasch angenommen haben. I realized the great trouble you had with the evacuation of these children from Czechoslovakia. I feel the greatest admiration for your work, also of the other ladies and gentlemen in the children department. Please accept my gratitude. If it is possible, I hope you will be so kind as to try and find suitable places in schools for my boys so that they can continue. Tisíce lidí z naší země vám také děkují. Kež vám Bůh za vaši těžkou práci požehnají. And what you will do for other children. Sincerely yours, Marta Frank. You know, as a parent, I just cannot imagine the pain in saying goodbye to my kids as I sent them off to a foreign land in an uncertain future away from my care. But that is what was needed to be done in these difficult times. And I think that it's an important part of this story to remember not only the children or remember the, the, the folks that organized these kinder transports, but remember the parents' sacrifice and the angst of letting their children go as they stayed behind in Czechoslovakia. Um, you know, and to hear these words speaks to us even today, Travis. Now the legacy of Sir Nicholas Winton is really immeasurable. The thousands of lives that were gifted to these fortunate children seeking refuge is a direct result of Nicholas Winton's effort. Yet in, in his truthful and modest ways, he shares the credit with three other amazing individuals. Beatrice Wellington, Doreen Warriner, and Trevor Chadwick, among others in Prague that risked their lives following the Nazi occupation. Trevor Chadwick was, was actually one, one of the contacts that, that uh, Sir Nicholas Winton had, had used in the, the preliminary uh, months in 1938 to kind of start this process. He would, be the guy, he would be the point man on the ground here in Prague to kind of help lead Nicholas Winton to get to the right people mm -hmm. to allow the children to get to the train transports. Mm -hmm. So Winton was knighted by Queen Elizabeth II in 2002, and in January of 2008, he was nominated for the Nobel Peace Prize by the Czech Lower House. Winton was declared a righteous among the nations by Israel. In 2010, Winton was named a British hero of the Holocaust by the British government. Every life is important, of course, but there's also some highlights to some of the children that he helped save uh, that went on to become uh, men and women of Mark. Yeah, in fact, a number of children saved by the kinder transports went on to become prominent figures in public life. For example, we have Benjamin Abeels, who's a physicist, Alfred Dubbs, Baron Dubbs, British politician, Vera Gissing, a British author, Karel Reich, British film director, Paul Ritter, architect, planner, and author, Joe Schlesinger, Canadian journalist and author, Hanush Weber, a Swedish TV producer, Josef Alon, ended up being an Israeli military officer and fighter pilot who served as an air and naval attaché to the United States, who was actually assassinated under suspicious circumstances in Maryland in, in 1973. Some say that uh, Yosef Alon was, was assassinated uh, by the Black Hand uh, that infiltrated the United States through Canada uh, in 1973 and shot him huh, several times yeah. after a party that he attended uh, in Maryland, near Chevy Chase, Maryland. So unfortunately, a, a, dark, a dark end to Yosef Alon, but uh, he was one of the children that was saved. 
In conclusion tonight, Sir Winton is ever-deserving of the accolades lauded upon him in the twilight of his long life. There is a saying in the book of Jewish law known as the Talmud, whoever saves one life saves the world entire. I can think of no other saying to better end our show tonight to describe the life and efforts of Nicholas Winton. With the enormous help given by so many of the Czechs who were at that time doing what they could and to try and get the children out. In that respect, I was of some help. We want to thank you for listening to tonight's Bohemian podcast. Please feel free to visit bohemian.com for more information on the Czech Republic from the viewpoint of an American expat. Remember, you can get all of our previous episodes for free in iTunes. Please be sure to leave your comments and rate the program. We have some great shows coming up in the next few months, along with some updates to our website, so please stay tuned for that. So for Travis Dow, I'm Pete Coleman. Good night from Prague. You have been listening to the Bohemican Podcast with Pete Coleman and Travis Dow. Visit bohemican.com for more information on this episode, other episodes, and much more information about history, traditions, and culture in the Czech Republic. Find us on iTunes, subscribe, and review, and don't forget to rate us. We would love to hear from you. Send comments, ideas, and corrections on our comments page on bohemican.com or get in touch via Facebook or Twitter. Tune in to our sister podcast, History of Alchemy, which is also on iTunes or on historyofalchemy.com. Until next time on the Bohemian Podcast, thank you for listening.